0: the dine one six a food podcast about sacramento where we talk to anyone working in the food industry in and around our city our goal is to take you behind the scenes and introduce you to some of the people who are making your favorite dining experiences happen i'm your host max connor joined as always by my co-host neil little neil how you doing man
1: well uh i i'm upright so, I, I think I can say that's an improvement to the way I've been for the past month. I had a micro lumbar dissectomy for those uh medical people listening to our podcast. Basically, I had a burst disc in my back that was rubbing up against my spinal cord and sending tremendously painful reactions or whatever down my leg and it finally got to a point where I had to have surgery so I at 36 years old had a back surgery so I am two weeks out of that but doing very well and progressing forward it was a tough time to have this because we had so much fun stuff scheduled for the podcast but everyone who had scheduled stuff with us was so cool and so understanding and was able to reschedule so we will definitely have more stuff coming out for you but yeah long story short I'm doing well Uh, Max how are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. I certainly don't have a burst disc in my back, so that makes my current obsession with Frosted Flakes seem like a sort of minor problem in my life. Although, when I'm on my second bowl at 1130 at night watching a rerun of Friends, uh, it feels like a significant problem.
1: I gotta ask, hold on, Frosted Flakes here, I gotta be honest, they get soggy too quick for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I get it. I eat them super fast, hence the second bowl per night.
1: I respect that. I like that. I mean, boxes are one serving, right? I mean, are we all clear on that?
0: Absolutely, boxes are one serving. Although, we buy them at Costco, and there are a lot of Frosted Flakes (laughs) in the Costco two-pack. So, I've been ripping through them. Anyway, but our guest today, Neil, is a good buddy of yours. Somebody you worked with for a while at Camden. And someone who's got some really fun things on the horizon here in the Sacramento food scene. She works for a really well-respected, well-known distillery in town, but she is the head chef. And so this interview is really focused around food, where she's about to get to put out a whole new menu with a whole new kitchen. Neil, you want to tell us a little bit more about our guest?
1: Yes, her name is Taylor Lovelace. I had the wonderful opportunity to work with her at Camden Spit Larder, where she worked the grill station for us in the kitchen. For any of you who have been into Camden Spit and Larder and had any of our proteins or pastas, she probably cooked it for you, so you know that she's really good at doing what she does. After a year at Camden or so, I believe, she took the opportunity to become the head chef over at J.J. Fister in not quite Rancho Cordova but I think in that area more or less just outside 50 and she was actually prior to my linking up with Max here one of my first test interviews for a podcast that I wanted to do which was similar to Max's before we joined up together so I am very excited to get her on here and introduce you to one of our many wonderful female chefs in Sacramento.
0: All right. Well, Taylor Lovelace, thank you so much for being here on the Dine One Six. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we always start the interview by asking, what was food like in your childhood? What was food like in the home?
2: Uh, So growing up, my mom was a really, really good good cook, but she worked up until I was nine. So before that, it was just my dad with low-key corn dogs and mac and cheese. But then after that, my mom cooked a lot.
1: What kind of food did your mom cook growing up?
2: I mean, she'd always make she'd call it make as lamb like rack of lamb. She would call it lamb lollipops, so we'd eat it. Mm. Like she's oh, always bougie. always experimenting on. Yeah, good. So there's still a couple of things that I make of hers that just bring me back home. Like her balsamic chicken, rosemary chicken is my favorite thing ever.
1: That sounds good. But chicken breast, chicken thigh, chicken
2: breast. Yeah. I do it. I do it now with chicken thigh, but and then she also makes vodka um, pasta, which like I'll have her make extra whole extra batch so I can bring it home and eat it at home like after
1: I leave. <laughs> Hey, Mom, I'm here. I'm taking food home with me. Yeah, yeah I've done right. that many times.
0: Yeah. That's what I ask my mom for if I'm sick or she's like, we'll have something going on at home. And she says, do you guys need me to bring you a meal? And it's like, yeah, spaghetti. Yeah. Bring me your spaghetti. doesn't taste like any spaghetti you can get in any restaurant, but it's delicious. And it's the only, I mean, I'll eat any spaghetti, but like if I could choose, that's what I'm going to eat.
2: I've tried to recreate her vodka pasta. And it's like, it's good, but it's just not
1: the same. My mom makes this rice curry with green apples and onions, and like-, like cold you know rice salad or whatever i've tried to make it dozens of times never comes out there's just something about Ma, the way mom did it. and mm-hmm. she laughs too she's like you know this is like four ingredients I'm yeah. like yeah well i'm screwing up these four mom it's thanks
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not as good unless your mom hands it to you there's there's yes. something there's something about peanut butter it. jelly
1: tastes better that way mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah 100
1: yeah tell us
0: a little bit more about because we didn't delve too much into it we don't have to get into family dynamics mm-hmm. of so the whole story but like the transition of you know corn dogs and mac and cheese with your dad to your mom starting to cook like was there something did you move in with your mom did your mom or did your mom start studying food and start to just cook home-cooked meals or? she had
2: a corporate job she worked at enterprise rent a car so she was gone before I woke up and got home after I got to sleep and like up until then then it, I, she wanted to transition obviously to hang out with me and my sister more so when I was nine honestly we didn't like it but um and then I slowly you know got a, a more of a taste for good food. They, they liked to dine, they ate at the kitchen a lot. Mm. Like when I would turn 16, that was another cool thing. When I turned 16, I got my driver's license, I would drive them to the kitchen, drop them off so they could drink, and I would come back a couple, like an hour or so early, and then the kitchen would feed me the whole menu in the back at a table. And I was like Holy 16. Shit, no way. Yeah, and that's how I met Noah, that's how I got my, that's how I got my foot in the door um, after culinary school. I did my internship at the kitchen.
0: Did he remember? You have to jog his memory and say, "Hey, do you yeah, remember feeding yeah, me?" Yeah, because my
2: parents were frequent flyers at the kitchen. Okay. back in the day, so they, yeah, they, they, they knew who I was. He well, knew, he knew who I was. So well, ra- like Randall and everything.
1: One of the perks of being a regular is like, oh, you'll hire my daughter. Thank you. Right. Well, and it's just
2: my free internship, so I didn't get paid at first. Sure, it was just six weeks of unpaid. You know, internship after culinary school, and then when I got finished with it two weeks later, somebody one of their cooks walked out, and I had just stopped working there for my internship, so he was like, hey, yeah, uh, back then I think minimum wage was
1: seven twenty five I was like, yes, I will work here. That's awesome, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you remember any of the dishes from back then that you ate?
2: i mean i I do like I can't remember like the whole dish, but like I remember I remember there was this one that was it was a single ravioli, but it was so good. I think it was maybe lobster ravioli. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Usually pretty good. Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. a big single one that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Solo one. Yeah.
0: Right. So, pre nine years old, was your dad eating corn dogs as well? Or was he like making what you guys wanted to eat and then making himself something good? I think he off was eating corn side? dogs with
2: us corn dogs okay. and mac and cheese. Yeah. We had a lot of breakfast for dinner.
0: Oh, it's my
1: favorite. Yeah. 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 Two eggs and hash browns for dinner. I'm in.
2: Pancakes. Egg waffle.
1: Are you waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Ooh. Waffles. I want a, pan- a pancake. Max, deciding vote. I think I'm pancakes. If, I, if, I,
0: if you said one was going to disappear from the earth, yeah, I would be sadder if pancakes went away than waffles. Really, I eat yeah. you know, a waffle, but like I love waffles. Yeah, no, no, I, I like waffles
2: too, but pancakes are just love them. But like, I would be
0: more sad if pancakes disappeared off the face of the earth. Interesting. i okay.
2: We have pancakes on my menu, on JJ menu, at brunch, and like. But usually brunch just slow it slows down, and I'll make myself a just just one single pancake, and just eat like just inhale it. So put some and I put salt on it a little, little salt. Mm. Good.
1: So at one point did you realize that food was going to be in your future?
2: Well, I've worked in restaurants like since my first job. I've only had one job not in a restaurant, but um, I worked at a Taco Del Mar when I was 15. After that, I worked at a Red Robin, and that's when I really started to like. I was an expo there. And then they would, when they get super busy, I would jump on the line and help them make the burgers and then jump back around. And I like I was like, okay, this is fun. I could do this. It's like, this makes sense to me. And then after that, I went to culinary school. Where'd you go to school? I went to Le Cordon Bleu,
0: Where, which the, is closed now. The one here in, that was one, here in SAC? It closed now, yeah. Yeah.
2: It was honestly kind of a waste of money, but it got my foot in the door to work at the kitchen. So
1: That helps. Mm-hmm. What were some of your memorable experiences at Le Cordon Bleu?
2: Not very many pleasant experiences, I would say. Really? Honestly, no. Like, I was always the fastest one. So I was the first one done. So I always had to do the dishes. Ooh. And yeah, I mean, I was 19. I didn't really care that much. So I was like, it was, but it, like I said, I it, it learned a lot about like to find te- like the techniques. And then I just made it up as I went, you know, imposter syndrome.
1: Mm-hmm. Fake until you make it. Fake until every- you make it. That's how every bartender starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You make an old fashioned? Sure. I'll figure Google, it out. Google it really Yeah, quick. I just <laughs> turn around and grab my phone yeah. out of my pocket slyly. <laughs> okay, yeah, how was bartending before? You could just go to a phone real quick be like, what did this person just like order? <laughs> yeah. oh, there have been multiple times at Candle, I'm like, yeah, I'll get you something. I'll go up to Brett and be like, Brett, what in the world is this? Oh, okay, I got
0: it. <laughs> it has to be even harder now because the whole like craft cocktail, but also then cutesy naming of cocktails, so every place... Has a different name for their version of what could just be a, a mule or some type of old-fashioned or anything, and then they'll go somewhere else and just order it, you know, something similar. And you're just like, yeah, sure, no, I know yeah.
2: what that
1: is. And <laughs> you can get regional cocktails, it. yeah, right, exactly, yeah. yeah.
2: Some of the cocktails at JJ have the weirdest names. And I'm like, I'm like, can I order this? I'm like, I'm just a cooker. I don't, I don't know what that is. Well, is, that, is that a Harry <laughs> Potter
1: curse or is that a gin cocktail? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Don't <laughs> So how is it cooking at JJ Fister? That it's a brewery rather than a full restaurant. What 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 differences are there there?
2: I mean, it's a, it's a distillery, so it, it's always smells like alcohol. Mm. Always, it's a lot of sandwiches. Like it's a small, really small kitchen right now. We're about to open a new kitchen, but it's been it's definitely been an, an interesting ride. Like just learning how to figure out everything and working off a really small oven. And yeah, it's been it's been a journey for sure.
0: Is your hope with the bigger kitchen to, I mean, obviously. It's a well-known and respected distillery, but is there a hope to sort of elevate the food even more with a bigger kitchen? Absolutely.
2: Or? I'm going to put on like a pasta, fish, like start having like veg size. Like right now it's all sandwiches and a couple salads and like I'm slowly, but slowly adding like I'm going to add a burger. I'm going to add some real composed dishes instead of just sandwiches and chips.
1: A little more than just pub food. hmm So let's rewind a little bit. You said you went to culinary school. Well, you didn't enjoy it. You ended up at the kitchen. I did, yes. So how, what was that experience like?
2: It was 2009 so it was you know it was a long time ago it was good I look back on it now and I it's endearing to me but during it, it was not so great <laughs> you know it was hard it was hard work back then people expect you to work overtime and off the clock and I learned a lot though very much learning
1: what were some of the key things you learned? I think just techniques and
2: like a flow of it because the kitchen's more of a catering style where everyone sits at once so the flow of that, as versus a regular restaurant, which is you get tickets and tickets and tickets. So I think that helped me in my knowledge of foodness.
1: Foodness, I like that <laughs> word. What, what were some of the memorable dishes that you made?
2: Um, one of the worst ones I ever did. We had this duck dish, and it had duck tongues on it.
1: Mm, and I don't know if okay. you know this,
2: but duck tongues have two bones in them. It has like a V bone on the outside and a bone on the inside. And so I had to like braise them, and then with tweezers individually pull out each one of these bones I just remember just being like this is my nightmare
1: I didn't even know tongues have bones yeah no Dug, I, I never were they're like guessed.
2: cartilagey bones but they're oh, like okay. but they're
1: bones yeah
2: that and then there's another other dish where it's called fregola but we made our own so it's literally just drip liquid into semolina and it makes these little tiny little pastas but we had you know each person had to get, so I would bring it home and I would like have a full sheet tray of semolina on my living room floor and I would just sit there and
1: drive while watch TV
2: and then bring it to work. and like Kind of like not tell anyone because I wasn't really supposed to take it home. I was just like, yeah, look at all this food I made. Voila. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, off that's the clock even, at home. Yeah, that's not even Netflix yeah. streaming days. That's like you know. I know no it, not, was, it, was, it was
2: DVDs That's of Planet right. earth <laughs> they run out real quick when
0: you're making braggle on your living How room Netflix floor.
1: Started we've come a long way
0: was it still a course menu at that time was that even before Kelly the current Yeah, was this was, it was back
2: when it was Noah Zonka back in the day Yeah, it was still coursed all, all the way. It was like more. I think it's more streamlined now We did the sushi intermission and it was still like a six-hour dinner though for wow. four. Wow. yeah, it was really cool though. I got to eat a lot of really good food and meet some cool people.
1: I assume you get to try all the dishes.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah. And then I was out to meet family meal with the with the leftovers of what was left from last the night yeah. before. Oh, what yeah. were family braced, meals like? I braised a lot of tr- of tenderloin, which is interesting. You don't really braise that, but I did. Throw it all, throw it all in a pan, put it in the oven, and then make some rice or whatever you make on the side. Kitchen. Mess. Everybody eat, and then we will go back to work.
0: <laughs> is there a dish there you remember eating that blew your mind that you were just like, holy cow? <sighs>
2: I remember there was this one, t- one sa- uh, like, it, wasn- it didn't blow my mind, but the- it was like a lot of like julienned celery root and we put like truffles in it and like I don't really like truffles and I just remember like I ate a little bit and I like went back for a bigger handful, I'm like that's
1: good, <laughs> I want to eat more of that. Now I gotta be honest, Prior to this episode, I trusted Max and Taylor when it came to food discussions, but now knowing that they like pancakes over waffles has really questioned my faith in them. I digress. I'm a waffle man, but it's okay. Also, it was really cool to hear Taylor like and her experiences being able to eat at the kitchen at such a young age and get to experience like such cool food at that age. Like, I love my mom, but we were doing like chicken breasts and Caesar salads, which I loved, or like pork chops, and those are fantastic. But like. Duck tongues and celery root and things like that is such a cool opportunity for her. And it makes total sense on why it's led her on the journey where she's at now.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Her journey as a kid was really funny, too. The fact that her dad was cooking the first 10 years of her life. And I can only imagine the shift as a 10-year-old to go from corn dogs and chili to breakfast for dinner. And suddenly your mom is making good home cooking. And you're just going, oh, what is this? Like just give me just give me something where the next thing that goes with it is ketchup right blank and ketchup that's that's what i'm looking for here i mean that's a hard shift at the age of 10 it's also funny that that's what her dad cooked yet as she said her parents were regulars at the kitchen not just they went to the kitchen once or twice consistently yeah fascinating stuff and for her to get to eat there at 16 and then eventually intern and work there is pretty cool so after leaving the kitchen, Taylor told us that she went out to Winters to help open a new wedding venue and Kitchen. They did a whole farm to table thing out there and she said it was really fun to help build a kitchen from the ground up and do these big catering events. She worked at Localis for a brief period as well as Echo and Rig. And she actually worked for a prepared food company during COVID doing pre-prepared meals. And then right after COVID, as things reopened, that's when she landed over at Camden Spit and Larder and met Neil. So let's jump back into the interview with Taylor, where we asked her what some of her favorite foods and favorite ingredients are to work with.
2: I enjoy honestly. I'm a sal- I really like salads and like anything that's gonna be saucy. I'm like I always go in so saucy and bossy. I'm, I like sauce on everything. Everything needs to have extra sauce and a sauce. My favorite meal to make, like my comfort meal, is I would say chicken piccata. I don't know why I love capers and salt, the saltiness of it, but it just like brings mm. me comfort
1: will that I be on the menu at the new
2: spot i think we'll i think it will definitely make an appearance at some point yeah
1: do you have a theme or, or a direction you're gonna go or are you gonna go with the classic like just fresh food and really just good
2: classic probably like very seasonal like you know whatever's in season at that time we'll figure out a dish around it or if i have something extra that i need to just get rid of i'll build a dish around that yeah just kind of like like simple easy but like done well so
1: in working at Camden and working at all the at like Echo and Rig, what are something you've taken from there that you've applied in your new restaurant? Like what have you learned there and expanded how you manage and do things?
2: Um between like techniques or like
1: No, I mean management style, techniques, like yeah. anything. Like what what have you taken from each of these jobs?
2: I mean, I feel I feel as though I've like learned what not to do a lot. Equally I, as valuable. And, and it's and it's molded me as a as how I wanna be. At Echo and Rig, I, that was the first job I had where I really grilled a lot it was an open flame grill I was always before that on saute like I was just a you know they call me octopus arms I was always saute with pans not having an open big open grill so that was a really good learning experience for me I think probably brought me a lot of experience for Camden because when Oliver asked me where I wanted to be I told him anywhere but the grill and he's like okay cool you're on your grill like (laughs) that sounds about right yeah
0: what do you like about working at somewhere like JJ Pfister as opposed to I think, you know, a layman or someone who just likes to go to restaurants would hear, you know, the kitchen, localis, Camden, and feel like, what is it someone with that level of talent who's worked at sort of that level like about, you know, working at a distillery where food is not necessarily the focus, at least right as of now.
2: Right. I I like that it's a little bit more homey, like it's a smaller, it's a smaller restaurant, smaller team, you know, smaller kitchen. It's not so like. I don't know, very fine dining, but I, like, bring my fine dining background to it. You know, like, the way you build a sandwich is important so everything's not Mm. falling out. It's, like, those smaller attention to detail things, I think, elevate food more than some people would realize.
0: 100%. A sandwich needs to be eatable. Like, we were one of the problems of a place we were talking about before that's barbecue, not barbecue. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's sandwiches. It's, like, if I can't—you can have all this shit in a sandwich, but if I can't actually eat it all in one bite— yeah, if I have to cut a, my
2: hand on the back of it to right, eat it. <laughs> or
0: if I have to like, yeah, it's like sque- like yeah. choke it down <laughs> yeah. with my hand, so like squeeze it down to get it in my mouth, like it, it, that doesn't really work, yeah. you know. So it's a lot more to, sandwiches are my favorite food. So there's there's a lot more to sandwiches than I think the average person really considers.
1: And, you know, just because food isn't fancy doesn't mean it can't get a fancy treatment and like treating things the proper way, like grilling a steak properly versus just boiling it. Yeah, you're going to get far different sure. outcomes. Yeah, Oh, it's good. I like that.
0: I would like to see more sandwich entrees, frankly, for dinner. Like, I'll eat a sandwich any time. Why it's just a cheap thing that you get at lunch, I don't really understand. I
1: agree with that. I love a sandwich. What do you love about being a chef in Sacramento? Like, what makes you tick? What gets you up out of bed every morning? I mean, obviously,
2: the produce here is out of this world. And, uh, you know, Sacramento's a really small town. It's fun to, you know, get to—like, I've been cooking for almost 15 years now, so, you know— seeing people thrive and learning about like learning how people are moving on in their culinary
0: careers is pretty cool. What do you still love about cooking? I mean, I do think a lot of people get into it and then get burned out. Yeah. And move on and you've survived COVID and you're still running right. the kitchen. Right. I mean,
2: what I really love about cooking is like, it just honestly kind of makes sense to me. Like it, I just have a really, it's just fun. I have a really ADHD brain and I'm dyslexic. So, you know, school wasn't really my thing. And didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like, I kind of wanted to be a teacher. But I was like, that's kind of lame. And then, I oh, this cooking thing happened. And I, the first time I was online and it was like, you know, you're super busy, slammed, like miserable, like weeded. And you come out of it and you're just like, yeah. Like, I just got goosebumps saying that just now. Mm. <laughs> like, you just come out of it, and you're like, that was awesome. I don't want to do it again, but I kind of do.
1: <laughs> no, I feel like the restaurant industry is, is good for the scatterbrained of us. Yeah. Like you have to balance and do multiple things at a time. I heard a good analogy one. It's like the, the spinning plates at the fair. Mm. You can't just focus on one and on spin it. You got to spin all six at one time. So you got to touch and go and touch and go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's all of us in, in restaurants have that. Cause yeah. like, I don't have one table, I've got six tables.
2: Yeah. And it's like you know, the camaraderie of the kind of misfit group crew that you get, especially in the back of house, is, is awesome.
1: But you guys are the pirates. It's my people. 100%. Yeah. How do you come up with recipes at JJ like, what What is the process from getting an ingredient to execution on the menu? I mean,
2: usually I'll just like, uh, first of all, what's in season. Second of all, like kind of what I wanna eat, really. Like, cause my kitchen you now, like, I'm like, I really wanna move a sandwich. So I'm like, I'm gonna put that on a special next month, you know? And then after that, just like researching wh- where I'm gonna like source everything and then how am I gonna, gonna make it, you know, interesting and my own.
1: Where do you get recipes from or do you just kind of let your brain go wild?
2: I will usually like look up a base recipe and then I'll just make up my own like using, you know, the core things of, of how the dish is made and then like, well that sounds stupid. I'm going to do it this way. And then if it doesn't work, then you do it a different way, you know. It's like trial and error and I that's also something I really love about cooking is not baking. Baking is science. Sucked, but yeah. But cooking is like, mm, I, I want to do this, I want to do that, you just add a bunch of stuff and then it's good. <laughs>
1: Are there any recipes off the top of your head that you remember that you've kind of doctored up into your way?
2: Um, I'm thinking more of like baking now. Like I have an olive oil cake recipe that mm. I that I kind of made myself, and then I also have a chocolate cake recipe that I put. I make like a sweet mayonnaise, and I like put mayonnaise in chocolate cake, and it makes it really good. Like I don't put like le- I, don't put le- le- I don't put I don't put lemon juice or like or like salt. You know, it's just like sugar and egg yolks and oil. Like basically make a mayonnaise, and it like literally makes the cake. Melty and gooey and delicious.
1: God, when you think that about it that way, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's all the ingredients are there. I might as well just put it in. Already. Every time
2: I tell someone that, they're like, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I
1: like <laughs> mayonnaise, and I did that. Yeah. But no, it makes perfect <laughs> sense, though. So you just get like, oh yeah. I make I
2: mean, my. I mean, I make my own mayonnaise. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, just it's with sugar instead of
1: lemon juice, mustard, and salt. This might be yeah. a new experiment now. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah.
2: No. and your little baking thing that you have.
1: My little June oven, (laughs) love that thing.
0: (laughs) Is there a type of cuisine that you would love to experiment more with, like on a specials or types of you know regions or cuisines you don't know much about that you'd love to cook more?
2: I really enjoy making Mexican food. Mm. It's just so delicious. I like cilantro is one of my favorite herbs to work with, and it's just like so fresh and like lime juice and stuff. And then I also really enjoy making Indian food, which is a lot of things go into it that you really don't realize. Like, you know, like cashews and all the different fenugreek and,
1: yeah. What are some of your favorite things to make?
2: Really, my favorite thing to make is green pozole verde, green green pozole.
1: Because
2: hmm. you don't really see a lot on menus. It's a lot, always the red. Yeah. But the green is, like, tomatillos. It's that whole flavor profile of tomatillos, cilantro, and, like, you know, pasillas is just really good, delicious to me.
0: Yeah, that sounds – I don't think I've ever had green pozole. I don't think so either, yeah. It's awesome. usually
2: made with chicken,
1: like the green one, but I usually make it with pork still. Either way, sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds yeah. Delicious. What advice do you have for aspiring chefs? It's a trap. No, i <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't do it. No.
2: I would just say, you know, like always just be open to learning because I learn things every day. Like, and I think, the, especially the younger generation of chefs, you know, they're mostly Gen Zs and they're, you know, they have a different mindset of doing things. Like they want their life to be easier. And so it's like, I know my philosophy about cooking is like, you know, I'm going to show you the proper way how to do it. I'm going to show you my way how to do it. And then if you can figure out an easier, better way to do it that yields the same result as the proper way and my way, then teach me. I want to learn. So I think just being open to to learning.
1: You talk about age and cooks. Have you seen a difference or or experienced any challenges on getting line cooks? Because I know, like, every restaurant is looking for them now. Is it because the younger generation isn't stepping foot in the kitchen?
2: I think so. I mean, I have – right now in my kitchen, I have one kid. He's his first job ever. He just turned 18 and he at first you know i had this other cook that was pretty lazy and she's now gone but at first he was like kind of following her around and now that she's gone he's like blossomed into this like he sees i think he sees how hard i work and how hard a couple other people i work with work and he's like okay this is what i'm supposed to be doing i think that they have a the younger generation does have a bad rap and they kind of should but they also deserve effort too
1: it's not all of them just some of them some of most of them yeah no i've just noticed how like i feel like kitchen staffs are inherently a little bit older now Mm -hmm. and it's not trapping the young ones in there like we used to right
2: it's not the same yeah i mean back in the day when i when i was his age like and you put your head down and you you work yes sir yes ma'am otherwise you don't have a job now it's like what do you need can i help you how's your heart feel today (laughs)
1: <laughs> very different kitchens
0: <laughs> talk a little bit more about that because you obviously you kind of straddle both right yeah. you even you sort of reference like being at the kitchen and you know essentially being expected to work overtime without extra pay mm-hmm. and just show up and just 12 14 hour shifts whatever were kind of the norm mm-hmm. and now running a kitchen how do you sort of balance what you would have wanted which is maybe a little bit more call it respect i right. guess or just Um, I mean, I think that I try, yeah, like most of the time
2: we don't do a family meal at my place now, like, but most of the time, like you try to choose one person a day and like, what do you want to eat today? I'm going to make you your lunch today. Or, you know, just a healthy balance of like always letting these people have the days off that they want off and not just have to deal with it. And, you know, obviously figure it out, but that, and I think just a positive environment, you know, like one of my cooks said to me the other day, we were having this conversation, he was like, you know, he's like, you always leave, you save space for me to make mistakes, but you tell me how to do it right, but you don't get mad at me when I fuck it up. And I, like, honestly,
1: like, tugged my heartstrings. I was like, oh, mm.
2: thank you for noticing.
1: <laughs> thank you for noticing that I do know when you screw up. But, yeah,
2: <laughs> well, I, I see everything. But...
1: No, but that's what you want. You want him to be able to test his boundaries and not space. fall flat on his face. Right. But be like, well, no, 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 not quite that way. Okay. Let's try it uh, this way.
2: Yeah. 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 Like. Or, like, if he does the same thing again, I'm like, I'll am like i just, like, look at him and be like, yeah, I know. i do not even say words. He just knows to fix it, you know?
1: Growth. Growth. For you, too. I'm impressed mm-hmm. you're doing that, too. I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm.
2: If there was a time in my life where I did not do that.
1: I think I've seen those times a few mm-hmm. times. <laughs> Usually happens on the end of a Saturday night uh-huh. when the kitchen is taking their time getting out of there. Oh, don't get me wrong. I still lose my shit sometimes. <laughs> How many dishes do you think you do in a night? Like a Friday, let's call it so, a, like, like a, so a, good, honestly, a Good Friday.
2: Thursdays are our okay. big day. We do trivia on Thursdays, oh, and so that's the like that's the the heightened all, everybody at once because trivia starts at six thirty. Everybody comes at six, and everybody wants and it's like ten tops on ten tops of t- all people want their little trivia group, and we get smacked like smacked. So I've condensed the menu, like I'm trying to streamline it so it makes it a little bit easier for us. But yeah, it 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 gets weird. It gets wild. And I'm like my ticket rail is full, so I'm like stacking them underneath the paper towel machine. And I'm like, okay, trying to grab four more, and like, it gets, it gets, it's hard to deal with. Sometimes it's hard, it's hard to wrap your head around it.
1: Yeah, you're you're playing chef and expo at the same time too. I'm
2: playing chef expo and and on the flat top because you know once it get when it gets crazy like that, it's hard for the new kids to because the flat top is my main cooking vessel. We don't have a hood at JJ, so we do in our new kitchen. But the flat top is the main heat source. Otherwise you have a commercial air fryer that fits a half sheet tray in it. So it's like honestly I hate I named her Suzanne and I hate her.
1: We're not a, not a not a Suzanne Sometimes fan. Sometimes
2: she's Suzy, but most of the time she's Suzanne.
0: Come on, Suzanne. Fucking get it Suze, together. Get
1: it together, Suze. We're getting killed here, Suze. I just want to be sitting at the bar and hear from the back, Suzanne. <laughs> Suze, you're fucking killing me here. <laughs> Are there any other names in the kitchen we need to be worried about?
2: <laughs> I honestly haven't named the flat top yet, but I probably should.
1: Frankie. <laughs> Frankie. Frankie <laughs> flat top.
2: Frankie flat top. Okay, I'm not bad at it. Frankford uh, for for long. Frankford, yeah. you're in trouble now, <laughs> Frankford.
1: Right. Frankford James, I needed that. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> oh man.
0: I to say, Neil, Frankie Flattop, that was quick. That was, that was on your toes. I like that name. It almost saddens me a little bit that Taylor, by the time this episode comes out, will have upgraded to her new kitchen. But it makes me really excited because you hear her talk about food, you hear her ideas. She's got the homemade mayonnaise cake. She's got an olive oil cake. I loved hearing her sandwiches and salads. She's all about the sauce. I mean, I love a bunch of slather all over my sandwiches. I'm all about that. And I'm really excited given what she's already been able to do with just an air fryer and a flat top and a tiny kitchen to see what she's gonna get to do with a full setup is really exciting.
1: Yeah, finally given a full set of tools, she's gonna be able to do some magic. And I gotta say, I call myself a burger connoisseur. I have had many burgers in town and I will firmly throw down saying that Taylor makes the best burger in town. Her meat Medium rare MCB, as we talked about, meat cheese bun, for those that are not aware, is my favorite burger in town. She used to make them for me at the end of shifts at Camden when I would walk up and, like I said, bat my dough eyes and see if the flat top was still running. So once she gets that kitchen up and going, you guys are going to be in for some real treats that she puts together.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to just taste her burger. I mean, we took it out of the interview because we went on a long tangent about burgers, but your guys discussion of you asking her for the MCB at the end of a shift was pretty funny. And I mean, there's, there's nothing better than an end of shift burger when you work at a good restaurant. I used to get one all the time when I worked at beast and bounty and we also had a Calabrian chili aioli, which I know you've talked about (gasps) and they would throw some of that on there. They'd fry up an egg for you and put it on there. And I mean, that was just, that was the best way to end a long shift
1: so funny you mentioned the Calabrian chili aioli because they all knew to put that on the burger automatically for me and everyone at work followed me suit on that it was pretty funny it's the best
0: alright so let's jump back into the interview when Taylor's talking about something else that's going to be in the menu which is a grown up grilled cheese sandwich which sounds phenomenal and will be something that you can get on the new menu at JJ Fister, perhaps with a side of that Calabrian chili aioli to dip it in undetermined you'll have to go over there to find out
2: Right now, I'm doing a grilled cheese special, and I just put on a spring vegetable salad situation with like green goddess dressing. And then, um, talk to me more about that
1: grilled cheese.
2: It's called a grown up grilled cheese because we have our charcuterie is called Adult Lunchable.
1: I love it. So, we got so now we
2: have a grown up grilled cheese. So, we have an other grilled cheese on the menu, which is like basic mustard and mozzarella cheese, jack cheese. And then this one is smoked gouda, sharp cheddar, bacon, sliced tomato, garlic aioli on the outside of the bread to grill it.
1: Yes, that is good. Um, mayo is good for that. Better than butter. Yeah,
2: it burns quite fast with the garlic in it. But we got I got got a green garlic in season right now, so we got a bunch of green garlic mm. that needs to get used. So yeah, put green garlic in my green goddess dressing as well. Yeah, but I mean it's pretty much like like I said, pretty much like food I want to make. Like I like I really want to eat this, so I'm gonna make it and. What's been happening is every special that I put on the menu, it ends up being really popular. So I just add it to the menu and I don't take anything away. So I just, like, keep adding things. And I'm like,
1: I need to stop this. <laughs> After six weeks, you're going to be buried. <laughs> yeah.
2: I added Brussels sprouts one month, like, a couple months ago for a special. And now it hasn't it hasn't left. It's still there.
1: Brussels sprouts are popular.
2: Yeah. Spe- yeah That's a dish that, like, it's almost every table will order. Yeah. And we also have a very large gluten-free following. Like, our one of our owners is Celiac and one of our master distillers is Celiac. Our general managers also celiac, so I always, which sucks, but I have to keep that in mind. So my brussels sprouts are gluten free. I like I'll put a breadcrumb on top, which is actually something I saw on TikTok. uh Oh. But you like blend up chickpeas and then you put them in the oven and then just dry out and they literally are breadcrumbs and but and delicious, but also gluten free.
1: That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Are there any other TikTok trends we should be aware of that you want to admit <laughs> I'm not to? willing to talk about it at this time. <laughs> 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 your eyes did get big that you were even admitting um, that about chickpeas. Yeah, I know.
2: Like, Where did I find this? No, um, no, I don't think so.
1: Not yet. Not yet. To be determined on the next yeah. menu. Yeah.
0: We got any sure. more. Well, first, tell me about the burger you're going to put on there. Yeah, good. No, good you, yep. uh, you know, you mentioned she used to make one of your the, favorite oh, burgers. The meat cheese bun. That's the right. The meat cheese right? bun. I mean, it and is. And you mentioned you're going to put a burger on the menu. Sacramento's a good burger town. It is. So. I
2: I honestly have like. We'll change the burger a little bit, but at first I just wanted to be just like OG, but a burger done really well: tomato, lettuce, onion, pickles, make my pickles, and then a like pseudo in and out sauce. I call it fancy sauce. Yeah, and just like just good. Like,
1: are you doing like big burger or are you I'm doing no, like smash? I'm
2: thinking like I'm thinking somewhere in between a okay. smash and a All big right. burger because I don't like a big burger, four ounces, but not six, like five and a half. Mm, you know, yeah. But it's still, you can still have a temp a temp on it. But it's not like all meat when you eat it. That's a very good way to put it.
1: Just can have a temp. I that, mm-hmm. I, I understand that thickness. Yes, me too. Yeah, because big cheese. burgers. Yeah.
2: What kind of cheese? I mean, honestly, we I have right now. I have sliced pepper jack and provolone. But I'll probably do. It. We'll do cheddar. We'll do probably just cheddar, sharp cheddar, or American.
1: American can't go wrong. No, yeah. it's the best burger cheese. You can have Calabrian aioli. <laughs> I can. Yeah. Call, call it the Neil sauce. <laughs> Nick, I do, can. We have we, at Canada We have this Calabrian chili. We'll still have it. It's this spicy aioli that's like, you just put it right in my veins. It yeah. is so good.
2: We give you a shout-out burger if you want. There we go. Anil's a, a, a MCB.
1: There we go. I'm just going to walk in the door. You know what to make. <laughs> <laughs> Order up. Yep.
0: When yeah. does the new kitchen open? What's the plan, the um, loose plan?
1: The
2: loose plan is it will be open in a, like two weeks. Okay. So everything's done. Everything's in. Oh, wow. Okay. Everything works. We just need to get our fire inspection, health inspection, building inspection. And then we're up and running. We still need to get it. We are to need to get a new
1: dishwasher or two. All right. So we're going to end with our rapid fire. Just close your eyes. First thing that comes to your head. (laughs) What is your favorite cheap, guilty pleasure? Corn dogs. Ah, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. You do love corn dogs. I've been waiting to say it this whole time. (laughs) The whole time. Just waiting for this question. I like that.
0: You said you're a big sauce person. What's the sauce that you have to have in your fridge that you would tell our listeners like? you have to get this sauce to have to put on whatever you want. Eggs, right. sandwich, fries.
2: There's this sauce that they have at Trader Joe's. It's called ZOOG. And it's like pretty much like, it's kind of like a chimichurri. But I fuck with that sauce. It's so good. It's spicy. And it's like herby. That Yeah. Also, anything that has pickles in it. I have nine, nine kinds of pickles in my fridge
1: at this moment right now. <laughs> nine?
2: Like probably. maybe Maybe seven,
1: but yeah. Wow, I'm not a pickle fan. So. Oh my god, I love pickles. I like pickles on things, kind of like my tomato thing. Like, if it's on a burger, I'll eat it. I'm not gonna to go like grab a pickle and eat it though.
2: I make myself a whole pickle plate. Like it's like all like six kinds of pickles and maybe maybe a cheese, and some like peppers, but mostly pickles. And the pe- and the peppers are also
1: pickled. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be a theme it's here. Called, I call it a pickle plate. What is your favorite pizza in town? Ooh, pizza,
2: I mean, I would say Pizzasaurus Rex is really, really up there. Um, the What's the one, Buffalo is really good.
1: The breakfast pizzas?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, pizza Supreme is good. Honestly, I eat a lot of Round Table.
1: Yeah, it's close. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense.
0: Nothing wrong with the Round Table. No. It's expensive. It Idiot. is, no, that's. I should say, I take it back. What's wrong with the Round Table? Yeah. It's way too expensive. Yes. It's $47 for, for it a medium is. pizza. It's crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah.
2: Like. But you know, you, the secret of Roundtable is you always call, if you call them for delivery, just tell them you have a 30% off coupon and they never ask for it when they deliver it. You're like, oh, can I get the number of the coupon? I'm like, I don't have it with me right now, but I know I have it. And then they give you 30% off.
1: Good to know. Oh, the yeah. trade. Did you learn that on I, TikTok? Uh, <laughs> no, I did not. It's actually a,
2: a friend did, did that all the time. And like sometimes in my head, I'm like, I, they've got to know. Every single time I order on you know, my like little like you know my account on the around Taylor like uh, this bitch orders think like, it has a hell of thirty percent off
1: coupons or something. <laughs> a whole book of thirty yeah, percent off a lot coupons. Of
2: coupons.
0: <laughs> just change your phone number each time they ask what's your phone number. Right. Give your mom's number, your right. sister's number. You just gotta
1: pepper the different stores. That's yeah, right. right. Uh, no, I called them last week. I can't do that yeah. one. We gotta go to this
0: one. An old work number. It's like in Seinfeld when she orders the Chinese food to a different apartment because yeah. she gets blacklisted. Yep. From mm-hmm. Hop Sings. What is the dish from your childhood you wish you could go back and eat?
2: I would say my dad's enchiladas because I was like back before my mom started cooking all the good food because my mom still cooks the, the the food from my childhood now. Like you know, if I'm going over there for dinner, she's like, "What?" Do you, she'll ask me what I want, but my dad's enchiladas. And I remember while it was happening, I hated it, didn't want anything to do with it. Like I was like, "Where is my corn dog?" I'd where and he would, That was this one thing that he would like make make
1: those were really good anything special about them or mm-hmm. just no I
2: don't even remember if he made the sauce I don't I couldn't couldn't tell you he might green
1: sauce enchiladas mm. yeah there's the theme here you like your greens I do I respect that what is your favorite snack food pickles I guess that's too I shade, say pickles
2: are like you know chips I think Ooh,
1: what's your what's your bag
2: of chips one one bag one bag to rule them all orange sun chips. Orange sun chips. Love orange sun chips. Or, orange or green. It's like cheddar. Like ga- it's, like cheddar. Garden, it's like cheese. Garden No, no not salsa. the red. No, nope. Don't oh, don't, don't you bring a red bag of <laughs> sun chips anywhere near me?
1: I do not like the red. <laughs> that was a firm like no nope, red. Nope. nope. No red. Not garden salsa. Mm-mm. Not garden salsa. Both or... of you don't like salsa either. No, I do. Well, pico de guile Pardon me. Right, I don't like pico. Yeah. Chunk- chunky yeah. salsa. Yeah. Not a tomato fan.
2: Yeah. I'm honestly not a tomato fan either. I like I'll eat I like tomatoes separate, but I don't like to don't put a tomato anywhere near my sandwich. I don't want a tomato on a sandwich.
1: Vehemently agreeing over here, Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Get it out of Preach. here. Preach. Tomato on a burger is just weird.
2: Unless I mean unless us an heirloom tomato, unless it's midsummer heirloom tomato, I'll allow it, but I'm probably pulling it off halfway through.
1: And now we're getting into the snobbery. If it's an heirloom tomato <laughs> yeah, right, be, right. between seventy two <laughs> and seventy five degrees. Yeah. Right.
0: Midsummer yeah. only. Midsummer only. Midsummer,
2: yeah. yeah. It's gone past August. No, I'm just kidding. It'll probably still be fine. <laughs> probably.
1: <laughs> well, I think that we got a lot of random stuff in here. This this mm-hmm. this one's gonna go all over the place. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Very much like my mind. If anyone wanted to see how my mind works, we're just gonna bounce off each wall. Well, Taylor, yeah. thank you so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a good time. Yeah, it was good. great to
1: have you. I'm looking forward to that. The Neals MCB on the menu mm. soon.
2: It'll, it'll, it'll make it. It'll make us. It'll make us. Anyone
1: an who appearance. listens to this, come in and yell MCB, and she will know <laughs> two things: you listen to the podcast, and you're ready for a burger. <laughs> such a fun interview with taylor i got to admit she was very nervous coming in but i knew once she got into their studio and really started talking with us you would really see her open up and see how passionate it is about cooking you could really and i think you could really hear that in the interview i am also extremely excited for her to really get access to her new kitchen we recorded this a couple weeks ago but due to my back issues we're putting this out a little bit later. So as this comes out, I do believe her kitchen is up and running at full full tilt. So I highly recommend anyone who wants a good burger or just good food or sandwiches or anything saucy to go check out the Saucy Boss over there at JJ Fister.
0: Absolutely. I can't wait to check it out to go over there and grab a sandwich. And it was really great to have Taylor on. We can't thank her enough for coming into the studio and giving us all sorts of fun food ideas, too. That baked chickpea ground up as breadcrumbs? Like, I I like that idea. That was cool. Anyway, really fun episode, Neil. Thanks for bringing her on. And if you like this episode, make sure you go and subscribe to the Dine One Six wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube as well as all the podcasting platforms. And if you like this episode, please go on, give us a five-star review Tell us one of your favorite places in Sacramento to eat. You don't have to tell us why you like the show or what you like. Just hit five stars and tell us. Go check out this restaurant. We'll check it out. And we say this all the time. This is a local show. We're not a huge podcast. we trying to get millions of listeners. We're just trying to get people in the city of Sacramento to listen. So please, if you like this show, email it to friends and family. Just send them our website, dine16.com. They can go right there and listen. That would really help us out. Be a friend and tell a friend. You can follow us on Instagram. The handle is at Dine16. You can DM us there with questions or you can email either of us. My email is max at Dine16.com. Neil's is Neil, N-E-I-L-L at Dine16.com. Send us questions, ideas, thoughts, whatever you like. The Dine16 is a production of the Hear Me Now Studio in Citrus Heights, California. Our opening and closing theme music are by my brother-in-law, Mark Owens. We've got another great episode in two weeks coming out with another great Sacramento chef, Matt Brown from Bodega. Keep tuned into our Instagram or your podcast app for that episode in a couple weeks. And until then, as always, eat something you love with someone you love.